everybody. Welcome to episode 44 of Bruisers, Breakdowns, and Beards. It is Monday, July 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Michael Reed. I'm Kevin. And as always, the hair metal heartthrob, Dallas Cade. But as you can see, we have a special guest with us today. We do. And as sometimes, Walter Fulbright. I, you know, sometimes. sometimes I love that. I mean, Walter, you're nearing like becoming just the fourth member of the show. You are on so damn frequently, and between <laughs> prepping your next show, and then we're gonna have you recapping and prepping. Like you're, you're yeah. You might as well just take the fourth. He's the fourth man. Yeah, really. <laughs> Who was the fourth man in the What's MWO? Was oh, it Ted DiBiase? No, it was the real leader, Virgil, which was uh, Vince. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's doesn't he? It's he and, and DBS coming at the same time. I, right? Wasn't it Bischoff? No, wasn't I don't Bischoff? Know. No, Bischoff, Bischoff was, was later. Bischoff was later. Okay, uh, let's. See I think here. it was DiBiase. That sounds about right. I think DiBiase and Virgil are at the same time. Or so the fourth and fifth. So it depends on who wants to take the fourth and fifth spots. Right. <laughs> it's. I mean, regardless of what Vincent says, he's clearly the leader. The he's the player to be named later, along with Ted DiBiase, as he was his whole career. <laughs> he was the second like he was which, the, he was the goon for Ted DiBiase. Yep. And and which one of them has their own video game out now? So who who really won that battle? Oh, Wait, what? Yeah, Virgil has a video game. The, yeah, Virgil's got his own video game. I know. You, it's, it's, is it like Fatal Frame where you try to like get in the way of people's pictures like a ghost and like <laughs> then try to charge them twenty dollars and then get talked down to ten dollars? Really? Is, isn't it just it's called like meat sauce madness or something like that <laughs> yeah i've I think never I heard that... this information oh yeah before. I, I... i'll have to look that up after the show but I, I thought that's what it was called i could be wrong i was gonna say something about being an infant but then you mentioned that vincent has a video game and i just got even more confused <laughs> meat sauce madness i i what thought fuck does that even mean <laughs> It's, he's an Olive Garden. I think it takes place Olive in Garden. Olive Garden. Yeah. Olive Garden it's because yeah. he's got the meat. No. And it's saucy. Hashtag meat sauce. Ted DiBiase is the Olive Garden. Uh, Virgil is fucking Fazoli's or whatever. <laughs> oh, he is the damn. next one now. I don't know. Does Fazoli still exist? Hell yeah, uh, it does. Hell yes, it does. I haven't been to a Fazoli's in like 25 years. Not going to lie. I, Did I, you not it, go to NXT with us that one time at Independence? No, I was in Dallas at the time. Okay. No, I wasn't up here. Yeah, we, we went to Fazoli's before that show. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. You know who we ran into there from the uh, from AEW while we were eating there? No, who? go ahead. Tell Absolutely me. no one, because nobody from AEW eats at fucking Fazoli's. <laughs> <laughs> that is confirmed. Yeah, uh, you know, I would, I would, I would argue that I'd have to go down the roster and figure out who's the AEW uh, person who eats at Fazoli's. Because there's always that one guy. I feel like John Silver. I feel like John Silver would be a Fazoli's guy. Is that what you think of when you think of John Silver? The first fast food you think of is Fazoli's (laughs) and not maybe another one? Maybe Like Long John of the Silver's? No, no, the family family tree? He's definitely, he's a Captain D's kind of guy. But he has has Long John Silver's coupons, so he embarrasses them. Maybe his would be called Short John Silver's. Yeah. Oof. Oh, that was a uh, that was on uh, Matt Jackson's podcast. Do you know that story, Dallas? When they, he like tries to pay for Captain D's with Long John Silver's coupons and like makes <laughs> humiliates himself. It's it's a funny story. It has to be heard. Oh no, because he's so cocky about it. 
He's so cocky about it. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Man. I've not heard that. No, he literally slaps the coupons down on the counter and he's like, boom, Captain D's, please. And the guy, the lady, of course, who's like 15 and working the counter is like, these are Long John Silver's coupons. <laughs> 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 that's awesome. That's just so off the wall. So uh, I, like, yes. what? Uh, like, who's ever been that cocky and confident? Like, Hey, man, you're going to do it. If you're yeah. going to do it, you might as well fucking commit. Go all in, man. I'd much yeah. rather he do it that way than just kind of like fucking half-ass it. Because it's <laughs> yeah. a way better story, obviously, as we that's, can now see. That's about storytelling right there. Yes, it is. Just got to slow down, get the lights a little better. You know, <laughs> Dude, you know how many times I've heard, <laughs> like, I've, you know how many times I've heard people say the biggest bullshit lie to somebody and they bought it hook line and sinker just because they fucking committed man they were confident in that bullshit yep and then and man then if you're just confident in it it's not that much it's not such bullshit you know <laughs> how can you tell can yeah. you tell you'll never know oh. you know but you know, we're not, we're we weren't lying obsessed. we did not run into anybody at uh <laughs> yeah no, we <laughs> that was where, there was no yeah i mean I know, I know Brian Cage is all about Whataburger, and I'm excited. I found out this week I'm going to have a Whataburger being built like five minutes down the road from my house. Oh, so nice. I'll be able to oh, uh, buy no. those Whataburger gift cards yeah. from like really close. Pace yourself, bud. <laughs> Don't bet, go too I crazy bet. that first week. Ooh. I bet they're going to have great parking, too. You're going to be in great <laughs> shape, man. Man. Ooh. I'm just going to camp out there. I just want to leave. <laughs> I just got to hook into the Wi Fi. I'll just do my work from Whataburger. <laughs> great. Maybe what, what, what a Wi Fi. Whataburger for food than to camp at Target for Pokemon cards. Oh, my. Is that still a oh, thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> no it's yeah. not. They stopped. Oh, God. They literally don't sell them in physical. Uh, like, they don't. Like, I got Walmart a Pokemon card in, in like a, a Happy Meal. Don't ask me why I had a Happy Meal. But I don't think that's the one. I feel like that's this is awesome. But I feel like this all of a sudden is worth money now. All of a sudden. Just, I love that you bought a Happy Meal as an adult human. Yeah. And I love that you got a uh, little sparkly Charmander card for that it. That I keep because on, my, that's, on my desk. You should. Like, honestly, I wish. Like, Pokemon as a kid was the one card game that I didn't get into because I just, I just played the games so i was like why do i need the card game i play the video game whatever so like i don't have any of those but i have like you know everything else like stashed away <laughs> but like you know pokemon's the one that i just for whatever reason didn't get into wow yeah well not until later yeah. in life I you know. should know that my wife still buys happy meals at mcdonald's right because that's the amount of food she wants nice right. and then yeah. when she gets it she gets the toy and then she always puts the toy aside because she's like, maybe I can give this to one of, uh, you know, our nephews. Our nephew is 12. He doesn't <laughs> want the Happy Meal toy anymore. Man, they, they don't make Happy Meal toys like they did when, when like, we were kids. Like, I remember oh. getting, like, the transforming hamburgers and the transforming fries and shit. Yeah. I would, this shit was badass. Now it's, like, it's, like, the cheapest tchotchke they can throw in there. Oh, yeah. I mean... Technically speaking, the meal always comes with the transforming ha hamburger. It transforms into excrement. Yeah. <laughs> use of your digestive process. It all transforms into something, Cushé. not robotically, mm. more organically. Yeah. <laughs> as organic as I... McDonald's could go through. Yeah, I, I don't know if I put McDonald's and organic together. I don't. I, don't I mean, there's definitely organisms are. there. I mean, you can't <laughs> deny that. 
Well, it's very true. By the way, I follow up to the list of New World Order members in order. Uh, Ted DiBiase is the fourth man, uh, but weirdly enough, followed by Giant, uh, followed by the Giant, then NWO Sting, then Sticks or Six X Pac, then Kyle Petty, and then Vincent. <laughs> They, they put him that low on the ladder that even though he probably wow. debuted with Ted, he didn't get like a didn't like, get the official shirt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't get the shirt until Kyle Petty was a member of the NWO. That's what it Everybody says on Wikipedia. Everybody, I mean, Miss yeah, Elizabeth okay. was. Yeah. I definitely remember that. I do remember that. I don't I remember, remember Kyle she Petty. Felt like, she felt like the slightly disappointed mom of the NWO. She did. She was. Brian Nobbs to... for a second, Jerry Sags. So the head, or like, oh god, they were yeah, they were for like half a second. The nasty boys were, were nasty part of the boys. NWO. That's what it was. Yeah, we wow. should we should do like an entire show just talking about the NWO roster. I mean, we kind of have people... here, but that, that would be, be a long episode. That would be one of those dark side <laughs> of the Kevin, rings. Kevin would be tapping out by the time the Wolf Pack was. You know formed. how you know how little I'd be able to participate in that. Yeah, you would. Yeah, tape study, youngins. Yeah, I know. Like. I, I kind of, I know the overview of the NWO, right? Like I know the, I know the starting three and I know like the effect that it had. And I know that it got to a point where fucking everybody and their mother was in it, but like, <laughs> it really was. I don't, I don't. <laughs> well, okay. So buff was, but was Judy Bagwell a member of the NWO? Cause you said everybody and their mother. I don't know. If Judy Bagwell. Uh, let me look like up. a thing. <laughs> I've got that. Oh, yeah. buff's, is that buff's mom? Buff, did buff, that, was buff's, yeah. that was buff's legit. Yeah, she was on a, Vince Russo put in her in a gimmick match where she was on a pole to be retrieved to, as a victory. Yes, that was a real thing that happened. You yeah, need Judy to go Bagwell back and watch that. Oh, man. We need no. to just cover, like, early WCW for now. I pulled that out of thin air, and I'm not surprised that Vince Russo fucking booked someone's mom's <laughs> on a pole match. Yeah, Book it, that's, not early. that's not early WCW. Vince Russo, WCW. Oh, yeah, he was late. He, he was uh, half the ship was underwater. WCW. Yeah, this was already after, like, Thunder has tanked everything because they, I think WCW would have been fine if they had not had Thunder. Well, you got to think about it. WCW had begun the decline by the time I was born. So, yeah, you know, if like... they kept television rights and had the, it would have yeah, They would have, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't that they went out of business because they were bad. It's they went out of business because Time Warner didn't want them. Yeah, Time Warner used them at this point. Yep. It and... was that Turner, it was that Turner uh, yeah. merger with. AOL with AOL, that's yep. what fucked them. I man, I love. I, I was at Slamvery 2000, and that was one of the weirdest events I've ever yeah, been. Yeah, I mean, year of WCW for sure. No, yeah. like look at some of those <laughs> yeah. cards in 2000 in 2001. Like, I, no. I would if I still had the fucking WWE Network and not this <laughs> Peacock bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great yeah. segue, to be honest, to uh, yeah, I was gonna say to the, talk about some peacock bullshit. I, I, our intent was to cover the Money in the Bank card, uh, and then some of the fallout from Money in the Bank, but yeah, so we we kind of got sidetracked there at the beginning, but that was a lot of fun. It happens. Um, it's NWO, man. We're, we, you know what? When you talk about the NWO, you do it for life. Too sweet. I was uh, Wolfpack Sting for Halloween. Uh, you feel cool now, Kev? You feel so cool? cool. You're just too sweet in me. Yeah. 
I, <laughs> I'm sorry. That hand gesture is owned, uh, operated by. It's too no, sweet. Only if you're the young bucks. <laughs> so is too sweet not cool anymore? That's a genuine question. I know that we're gonna oh. talk about money in the bank, but like, I I want to know because it's not cool. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't yeah. think it's cool. I didn't yeah. think so. I didn't think it was cool. It was one of the double check. WWE co-opted it and then had fucking because that's the way this shit works. It's like it's cool, and then WWE's like, no, we own it now. Yeah, but even like they. they? Oh, is that why the Japan dude started doing it down low? Well, yeah, uh, yeah. Well, Machine Gun uh, and uh, Gallo started doing it with AJ Styles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, that's uh, right. Yeah, well, and it was because that, yeah. when they got Finn, they had Finn doing it. So WWE's like, okay, we own it now. Um, and so they they sent the Young Bucks a cease and desist that they couldn't do the uh, two sweet. So they did the one sweet where they did like yeah. something like I thought that was for the crotch chops. No, that was well, that, was that was another story. Sweet. Oh, okay. I mean, probably I haven't. I don't cool. think I've ever seen the. I, I, it was cool. Chops, I got to. I, I was in that Ring of Honor show like right after that. And I got to meet the Young Bucks, so I talked to them about that for a second because I I bought the cease and desist T-shirt right <laughs> as it was like brand freaking new. And it was funny, they got that uh, cease and desist order, and then, like, the next day, WWE asked them if they wanted to come in. Or not, okay, 2K asked them if they wanted to come in and do mocap for that year's game. <laughs> and they were like, uh, I, I think they ended up doing it anyways, but it was just, it was weird. Yeah. Hey, day, bro. They, yeah. Hey. And you get to be so immortalized in the video wait, game. Who did mocap for uh, 2K? The, the Young Bucks. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. I had no idea. See, I learned something today. Yeah, this was 2019. No, it had to be 2018. Well, they just needed dudes to show up and do a couple moves. You know, it's not like. Yeah. Or maybe even do like recreate entrances and stuff. That was another thing. Somebody's going to think that's shade at the Young Bucks. It's not. No. So but... before, before they were famous, you probably know this. Kevin, Michael, you might know this. Dallas, you almost certainly do not know this. Yeah. <laughs> The very first uh, acclaim game that had mocap in it was a game called WWF Warzone for PlayStation One. Never heard of it. Yeah, it was. It's it's old. It's uh, like very you know, blocky. Man, that was some bad shit. Yeah, yeah. very blocky. It was so, that was using like fucking Tony Hawk combos to do finishers and stuff. It was. It was. Yeah, it was. that's cool. It hasn't aged well, but it wasn't. No. It wasn't that terrible at the time. We we put up with a lot of bullshit. The game's massive. <laughs> we did, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did. But it, it was all robotic. <laughs> there's a point to this that I was gonna make is back then nobody did mocap for games. You couldn't get people to do it. Right. So every single mocap of every character done in Warzone is the Hardy Boys before anybody knew who they were. Yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> The Hardy Boys did every single person's mocap. Man, you do the Rocks people's cool. elbow. That's Matt Hardy. That's awesome. Cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that. That game was terrible, yeah. though. The, attitude. Mo-cap. I'm sorry. No, I was. I was. You're. You're fine. You're talking uh, about attitude. All, the, I was all those about PS1 mo-cap. wrestling games were pretty damn terrible. Oh no! The next yeah. game was literally called WWF Attitude, and yeah. it was funny because it was the same game, but they added like voice acting, which is even funnier because. They just had like, so they had everyone come out and their intros were very short at the time because they didn't really, I don't even think they used like a lot of the original music because they probably yeah, they did. Well, there was, there was a couple exceptions, but that was, that was a big thing because it was on, on disc on PlayStation. They could actually use, was it real audio? Yeah. Quality, like a wave quality. Yeah. It wasn't like in 64, you know, but 
janky that's ass what shit. that's what disc games could give you is they could give yeah. you fmv and they could give you music sure it was mm-hmm. 50 seconds of loading on each side of the fucker but <laughs> <laughs> um well they so they would they would have the wrestlers go in the match and then all of a sudden right before they fight they would both say something to each other like mortal Kombat. except they for one it wasn't aimed directly at each other like it wasn't like you know specifically like triple h i'm gonna beat your ass yeah. It's just some random ass taunt. So like Triple H will be there or they'll have Triple H do the whole DX intro by himself. And it's the audio. There's no like audience. There's no nothing. It's just him like in an echoed room. It's just like shooting a promo, even so, though it's a big wrestling audience. It was it was bad. I mean, dude, had, I thought it was cool at the time. Yeah, I really did. Smack do you remember the rock? Like, hey, this ain't sing along with the champ. Yeah, like she could try to stop people from chanting along with him, but nobody was. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, and there was random chants in the crowd. There, like I remember one time they kept chanting "Rudy Poo." It's just really weird to hear, like "Rudy Poo, Rudy Poo." Oh. oh, you're forgetting the very best of the chants, which is player one doesn't has a family and cactus jack doesn't care and the audience <laughs> if you were making a creator wrestler would chant player one yeah that's right that's one. true fuck yeah fuck <laughs> yeah oh man you had to have those games to have the great games that we have well i wouldn't yeah. say great games but... i still I was quote say... that to my brother to this day i will say player one has a family and cactus jack doesn't care <laughs> <laughs> so they went from the Warzone series to SmackDown, and that's when SmackDown, now what we know as of today, was the the next game. SmackDown Two had those uh, Walter, what you were saying, like those creative storylines, and they had it where you can actually like, if you had a keyboard, you could type it in. I know you talked about you, you uh, we talked about it on chat, but you doing your SmackDown versus Raw storylines, and I think this was I, the did start they have of it. SmackDown Two. I remember the yeah. storylines and the story and the season mode, but I don't remember create a story on that i remember the load times on that were garbage yeah it was like all text i feel like there was a creative story in that though because you can mess with the text i thought maybe i I definitely like like, are you talking about universe mode from like the this this is way before before universe yeah okay this is the earlier one they they would have these organic storylines where like it would load these cutscenes, and of course it's playstation one so or that was playstation 2 i think was two. yeah i think it got into playstation 2 at that point i mean it was close it might have been but i i'm sure you guys remember this long ass load time just for it to show like the rocket <laughs> mankind are planning something yeah. right and, yep. loading again. and they Is would do that 06? for like three weeks in a row <laughs> three weeks in a row the rock and mankind would be planning something and then on the fourth week what they were planning was just stomping a dude in the boiler room for a couple of seconds yeah that's all like, it took them a month <laughs> to put this shit together like this was their fucking thomas crown affair like plan <laughs> oh man that brought back so many funny memories of that now yeah it They're was ridiculous planners is what we're saying here no so, Dude, my introduction to wrestling was SmackDown versus Raw 2007. That's a good. That's one. a good game. Yeah, it that's, really that's, is. It's the best one of that. It is the best one. That, I that fucking era. love GM mode so much. Everyone else did. I don't know why they're still not in it. Okay, is that the one where you have like the locker room that you can like customize and shit? Yes. Or is that oh wait okay, okay. I have to bring something up, and if we have to edit this out, we have to. But it has to be brought up. Yeah. Oh there is a story mode in 2007 where, like, a yep. guy sends you, like, 
this really cryptic email where it's like Chris Benoit's been acting really weird. Nobody can find him. It's like, fuck. Yeah, that hit too close to home. I remember that. (laughs) In retrospect, you're like, like. Oh, and that was around the year, wasn't it? Like 2007, 2008? It was like a, it was like uh, right. It was a year before, yeah. Because you know, for some reason, when they this really those creepy story mode with Benoit, where he's like become moody and like distant, nobody can. Find and then him. he creeps on like, who is it? Tori Wilson or something? Yeah. He's like creeping on. He stalks her and then kidnaps her in a limo or something. <laughs> those were, I those re- dude, I remember ridiculous. that shit. And there's one where like you break somebody breaks Rey Mysterio's leg with a lead pipe or something yeah. wow there's a ton of those yeah i rem- god i think i still have a copy of that game actually i think i have a 360 Man, edition of that game I'm worth revisiting that my brother and i held on to just for the sake of not letting go of that piece of our childhood i was gonna say i, re- I remember working at gamestop and we would sell the shit out of that every time that a copy yeah. of that game came in it was always still like 30 40 bucks and really? we'd still sell it yeah wow it was just, it was one that was so expensive. We'd never keep that one in stock. Hmm. Man. It's a darn good game. I was playing it. Uh, it had that, uh, that's the one that had like the, like the crazy, like heartbeat, like finishers where it would turn black and white and like show it in like slow motion. Yeah. 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 It would do like the sick replay where it would do it like, it would do it in fast motion with that cool sound effect like four times and then when it actually like hit it would slow down and then just boom that was like you just felt like a fucking back when wrestling games were wrestling games and not like simulations like they tried to do for the last decade yeah i wwe all-stars was like the last one that i really enjoyed playing and there wasn't a lot of depth but that game was fun to play was not a lot of depth but that game was pretty decent Yeah. yeah It was just arcadey and fun. Yeah, you it's so crazy because everybody always talks about, especially like in wrestling, you know, other wrestlers and shit. Like in training, we were always asked, you know, like, oh, you know, what's what's one of your earliest memories of wrestling, or who you remember watching as a kid, or whatever. And I can never answer that because I don't remember when I started watching. I just remember that the video game was my first uh, exposure to wrestling, Mm -hmm. and that was when Edge and Cena were feuding for the title. So like both of those guys were super fucking cool to me. And like, you know, that was like the, that was, I would, I would say to me, that is triple H is like second hottest spot is like, right. Cause there's no overexposure from fucking world title clogging evolution, triple H. And he's not out of shape. Dad, triple H yet. So he's <laughs> like, he's still, you know, he's still triple H, but he's not, the cerebral assassin card so yeah so that triple h to me was always like fuck yeah and that was burning my light randy orton paul birchall the fucking pirate dude was in that game yeah yeah. yeah, i remember that he swung in on a rope he did the spanish fly as his finisher right did he he sure did back when that was i don't remember that yep that game's fucking awesome. I'm gonna Which go. Play nobody did a Spanish that. fly back then, except for probably two Cold Scorpio. Yeah, I can see but, that. Yeah. Dude, it was that was that's a really like interesting point though, because like for me, I actually was into wrestling as a kid, and then I got out of it when I was like 12, and like wasn't into it for several years. And what actually got back into me is Kevin and I have talked about this. I was like a a, a tournament Street Fighter 2 player. Like, Hell yeah, a, dude. When I was in uh, badass. 
in school and I used uh, I was actually a Zongief player of all things. I did like the 360 pile drivers. Hell yeah. I could cross I people it. up with those because you only had to hit like one. Is that but, how you actually pronounce his name? Zongief? Yeah, I thought it was Zangief. Mm-hmm. Huh. I thought that for a long time too. But Man. it doesn't, yeah, whatever, it's fine. But yeah, so he's, he's I got into awesome. fighting games and I was really into fighting games and I really used like the. Uh, you know, when I learned that, like, King from Tekken was obviously, like, Fuck yeah, dude. King from Tekken. That is my shit. Yeah. And I don't remember, like, somebody in here, hopefully, with the uh, a little bit of a more intact brain can remember what very famous Japanese wrestler King was modeled after. Tiger Mask, but... wasn't it? That's what I thought. Yeah. Who was it? Was it Tiger Mask? Fuck yeah, dude. Was he, like, King from oh, Tekken? Sweet. I don't think it was Tiger Mask. Uh, it says Tiger Mask. Oh, hold on. Oh, oh, hold on. Sorry. Pulled up a video. Hopefully that. Uh, it says Tiger Mask and Pro Wrestling's influence on King and Armor King. Yep. Okay. So, so there you go. I was wrong. I, I was misremembering. But actually, or Saturo was... Samaya. Uh, there we go. Yeah, there and, you but go. he wrestled under the name Tiger King, Tiger Mask, Mask of Tiger. So it's yeah, Saturo yeah. Sayama. Yep. So, yeah. So and seeing him do all those like really elaborate like throws and stuff got His me back. His chain grapple is nuts. Mm-hmm. It's and this filthy. was just as like ECW was coming to like a fever pitch. And as soon as I saw that, it's I've never looked back. With just a very few brief lapses, as soon as I got that when I was like seventeen, I'm like, okay, this is my dude. Shit. It's funny because Tekken was my first video game ever, like oh, of my nice. life. Like my dad and my uncle would play Tekken, and then. Like, if mom wasn't around, they'd let me play. Um, so, like, I got I started on that, and then not long after, obviously, uh, I, I think I was I think a neighbor, one of the neighbor kids, uh, had uh, SmackDown versus Raw 2007, and that got me into it. And honestly, like, that's a common thing I, I feel with most people is like they get into wrestling as a kid. You know, once they approach adolescence, it's not cool anymore. So you kind of fall out of it. And then you come back to it when you're like, you know what? I'm going to like what I want to like. Um, and well, that would have happened to me too, I think, if I wasn't 12 years old when the summer of punk happened. Oh, yeah. Because, that makes- because I was approaching that point where it was like, all right, like, you know, like obviously, you know, like, I don't know, like, you know, my friends don't really think this is all that cool anymore, but I still watch it all the time. And then. But boom, Summer of Punk happened. So I was stuck. So like rather than falling off and then getting back into it, I kind of was just more of a closeted fan for, for most of my teenage years. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, for yeah. me, it was uh, like when I saw like uh, it was an ECW tape that a friend of mine has that was uh, like Rey Mysterio and like uh, I believe Psychosis wrestling in ECW circa like 96. And wow. I never, this was pre like internet being extremely common. I mean, it was there, but it was hard to like trade video and things like that. So I had never seen like a lot of like the Lucha stuff. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Yep. Um, I had, when I was a kid, we had a, uh, a video store kind of within walking distance. I say walking distance. It was like a mile from my house. Uh, And I would walk there and just, the wrestling section i would always just see what new shit they had and uh i remember i can't you know i'd watched wwe like like saturday morning stuff casually up to that point mm-hmm. but i remember um uh, 
Summer was SummerSlam '92, the one that's in London, at Wembley, Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium. I I rented that. Like I would take that tape back and I would check it back out again. I don't. It was just something about like the long entrances in that one. Um, like you know, I've seen all you know old. I I would check out WrestleManias and stuff, and I would watch them, but I'd fast forward to like Hogan's match or Bret Hart's match or something like that. Like I wouldn't watch the whole thing. Oh. There's something about that SummerSlam that I was just. I was hooked from start to finish and that was, you know, that was the first like real big one that got me really hooked. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where the British Bulldog wins the European title? Yeah. 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 That's a good event. Yep. Man. I was, uh, the Legion of doom also got that really awesome motorcycle entrance. Nice. Uh, with that one. Uh, yeah. I just, that, uh, that late eighties, early nineties, WWF was some really awesome shit. And I, in fact, we were talking about this, Walter and I, while we were watching Money in the Bank last night. Like, I watched up until Stone Cold turned heel. Yep. <laughs> and then I quit for like a decade. I just, I mean, I, I had to go to Backlash 02 because I'd already had my tickets bought. Uh, so we went to that. And then, like, after that, and that was right when, um, oh, uh, Raw, Raw and SmackDown, that was the first official split. Like, Backlash was the first pay-per-view after the, the two brands had split. Mm. So, it was kind of the first time that some some people have been coming back together after them. But, yeah, like, I, my wife and I went to Backlash 02, and then after that, it wasn't until The Rock hosted WrestleMania that I came back. Man, I can understand that. I kind of like I was around you. I I got into it like a late eighties, like because of Blockbuster. I'd go rent their whole wrestling section out, but yeah. and also uh, one of my neighbors, his brother worked for the local cable company, so they got cable for free or however they got it. And what he would do is he would basically record it on VHS, like the pay per views. And then as soon as they were over, I would go next door and knock on his door and be like, "Hey, can I borrow that tape?" And yeah, he'd give me the tape and I'd borrow it for a night or something like that and watch it. So I'd have to wait till the pay-per-view is over. And man, it was, yeah, it was just wild times. But yeah, I think I followed it up until about 2000, 2001 as well. And I fell out uh, mostly just because I had to work and I started doing band stuff like, you know, doing music and band uh, and working like full-time retail. I just didn't get a chance to do much of anything. Like, I don't even really remember my 20s to be dead honest. (laughs) Uh, but then, yeah, I Same. got back into wrestling because of CM Punk and the Summer of Punk. Terrifies me. That Summer of Punk brought me back, and like, yeah, yeah and I've been a fan that's, ever since. That's fascinating because I actually like I my biggest lapse as an adult happened after because my favorite wrestler was Chris Benoit, hmm. and after that happened, I I was having a hard time justifying my fandom. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. like I felt bad about wrestling as a whole. As right. some people did, I worried about like you know the damaging health effects that it had on everybody who participated in it, mm-hmm. and it was just like I, it, it hurt me so much. And then what brought me back full time was again, um, right before Money in the Bank 2011 was punk that that yeah. That, yeah. that that ended my. Uh, I'm sensing so, a theme here. Yeah, that, that yeah. pipe bomb because he really did break the fourth wall, and he was like one of the first to really address what a lot of the fans have been saying for at that time, many years, even at then. And he called it out then. And it's sad that it still sticks today, but it's it's crazy. It's a testament to though, how he, how much truth he was kind of 
telling about the industry or at least about the WWE. How much we all, and this is something that I talk about with Dallas and I've talked about you guys when it comes to like journey or any type of wrestling, like the value of real emotion is priceless, especially in an industry with so much like fake nonsense that when you get something real, it has a definitive emotional reaction to a connection to audience so what we're learning here is that nobody watched wrestling between the years of 2008 and early 2011 <laughs> well i missed I the entire i missed all of ruthless aggression <laughs> i probably of the four of us i probably watched the most because that yeah. was like me like i would watch raws and smackdown sometimes just to like keep up um but yeah like i never i wasn't up until like we never ordered pay-per-views. Um, like I didn't watch Money in the Bank 2011 live, and that killed me. It killed me. So like when the network came out, that was the first thing I did. <laughs> um, what was the first pay-per-view? Actually, my first pay-per-view like ever was Mania of that year. Was Mania 27 in Atlanta? Oh, nice. sorry, hit my mic. Mm. No, not nice. It was. It's the. It's like the worst WrestleMania of all time. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember that one. I mean, I've, like I said, I, I've especially around those years. Exactly. I yeah, right after the Smithy uh, <laughs> right was on the card. Then the Sprint Center opened, right? Like it's now obviously the T-Mobile Center. Mm-hmm. Right after that opened, there was the very first uh, Money in the Bank pay per view. Was there? It was like the. It was one of the really the first events that took place, and I was that's awesome out of the loop, and I didn't go. And I look, look back at that, and I wish I had. Damn damn you know like it was the i did go to one like in 2009 with like i wasn't really watching but like friends from my wife's work had tickets we went to new year's revolution which was the last pay-per-view at kemper and that's Mm. like 2009 did they really see i thought there was a real gap after i mean because after owen there was WWE didn't run Kemper for a long time. Um, of course, like Backlash, I went to. I didn't know they'd run another pay per view after that. Yeah, um, yeah, they did because I was there. Was New Year January two thousand nine? There is one. Let's find out. I'm looking up Kemper Arena WWE favorites. There yeah. you go. I, I know, mm-hmm. like after obviously like over the limit. Mm-hmm. There was. Uh, because that was a 99 or over the edge rather over, over the, edge, the edge yeah, yeah. We really, really unfortunate we, yeah yeah i was yeah. gonna say the naming we don't really talk don't about push me man all right let's see close. there That's was the, the are you ready? there was you after over the edge which is may 23rd 1999 there was the very first episode of smackdown was there that's all yeah. 1999 that's the wow very first smackdown was very first smackdown yep yep Oof. i didn't know that there was a nitro there um there was a wcw pay-per-view which there's a really interesting story to, to that and how it relates to ecw we won't get into here but that's, that's uh, slavery. slavery 2000 isn't it yep and then it's i was at that 2002 but i know for a fact that there was more than that i was gonna say i was at both i was at slavery 2000 i was at backlash 2002 Man. yeah there was definitely the one i'm looking at is very incomplete yeah Matt, have you been to or Dallas? Have you been to any pay per views, live? Uh, been to pay per views? No, I've been to, a, I've been to Raws. I've been to Smackdowns. It's um, it's kind of yeah, like a no bullshit kind of fun time. It's more like yeah. 
because yeah, I, I went to uh, 2012's uh, Extreme Rules. It was the one that headlined with John Cena versus the returning Brock Lesnar, like the first time he came back when yeah. he was in like ultra beast mode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And also on that card, it was wild because that, that was the other, uh, that was the same night you had CM Punk versus Chris Jericho. And this is when uh, Chris Jericho was pulling the CM drunk yep. uh, angle. Yep. And he hits him with like a bottle of Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember that. Also the night that Big Show, uh, it looked like Big Show like shoot lost a match because he stepped on a table. But I guess it was later, it was a work. But like the look he gave the crowd and everyone else when he like stepped back and <laughs> yeah. stepped on a table and it just broke and everyone else was like, okay, I guess this, the match is over. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. Daniel Bryan was wrestling that night and I forgot for some reason he was in his no phase, but people were chanting C. So I think uh, somebody was there. Like, I don't know what they just kept C, saying chanting C, C over C. and over. Yeah. Cause it's yes. That's yes, but yeah, that was a good pay-per-view. But yeah, they really ramp up the pay-per-view feel. Oh, yeah. Like, especially when they were doing like, because that was right before or not too long before they stopped doing like special sets for every pay-per-view. And like Mm -hmm. the pay-per-views shows are always, you know, obviously they're more match centric because that's the one where you're building to like, all right, these are all the matches, match, 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 match. Um, And yeah, just, I don't know, I guess. Uh, even when I was younger, those are always the shows that were kind of like more fun because like you, they would show you like the cool stuff that happened on TV in the buildup, but you wouldn't have to see all the crap that you didn't, you know, that all wasn't the, all that the, great. The so, cannon fodder right. or whatever. Yeah, it cut all the fluff, man. <laughs> Very few commercial breaks, which is nice. Yes. Commercial let's, breaks are killer. Let's talk more rock. But yes, I yeah, looked man. it up. The New Year's Revolution show. My my memory is failing. That was January two thousand seven at Kemper. Oh. So that was uh, that was at Kemper. Wasn't that where Edge cashed in? No, this is when Edge and uh, it's like uh, it's one of the episodes. It's one of the many times the Triple H court tore his quad. It had a oh. cage match between uh, Jeff Hardy and John Morrison on that uh, on that show. It is a uh, yeah. It, Triple H was doing the uh, in two thousand seven. The uh, Edge was teaming with Randy Orton at that time. That was, was rated, rated RKO. RKO. Yeah. yeah, that was January two thousand seven. Yeah. Okay, I so I must be thinking like a giant dragon head above yep. the entranceway, yep. and I was on the upper deck and relatively close to that, and it became you could feel how much warmer it was every time that thing went off. Like it would warm mm-hmm, up the man. entire upper deck. Yeah, it was giving it an upper decker. (laughs) Yeah, okay. So I must be thinking of New Year's in '06 was when Edge cashed in his first Money in the Bank. Maybe I know it was New Year's, um, and '06 was when he had the run with Cena. So I would assume January '06, but uh, we haven't even talked. I remember John Cena faced. The undefeated Umaga in the main event of New Year's Revolution 2007. That was when Umaga was getting like his like yep. his monster run. Because the year and before the he won he the uh, like Elimination that. Chamber match. Yeah, I think that was the first time he lost was on that pay per view. Yeah, this is a common WWE thread of building up a monster heel by having him go undefeated for uh, a few months, then having him go under, and then just like throwing them away. That's yeah, yeah. Lance Archer wins. Yeah, um, I remember at 
I went to a Raw, it had to be 2000, maybe 2001, I don't know, but uh, Brock Lesnar wrestled a dark match um, before the show. And well, that was before he had debuted. Oh, that's yeah, right. Before yeah. he debuted. Maybe it was, I don't I My just, brain I remember, lapsed. I remember it was his back tattoo. That was the thing. I was like, who is this guy? He had theme music and everything. And he just came out and like smashed a jobber and just obliterated him. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Very Brock. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was I was telling you this last night. I've never been more impressed by a physical specimen than the first time I saw Brock when he was in his early mm-hmm. days. I think when I saw him flat-footed, a guy that big, and he used to be huge. He was, you know, so muscled up. He would he'd do the, the double flat-footed jump onto the apron from the yeah. side of the ring. And for a guy mm-hmm. that size, that's fucking impressive. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Man. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, but yeah, it was after that. It was a it was a long run. So before I went to another, I think the next live live show I went to was that one in October 2014. That uh, that was right before Hell in a Cell. Oh yeah, that year. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, was Dean Ambrose came out with that with that, the dummies uh, or the dummy. mannequins. <laughs> yeah, fucking Jeez. weird man. <laughs> I feel like I derailed your entire fucking episode. I no, it's okay. No, it's fine. You know, I would rather talk about this than Money in the Bank anyway, really. Yeah. I, I just, I don't know if anybody wants to listen to this, but this is oh, certainly people, been... Yeah, it's oh, people, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely they do. This is the content people crave. Yeah, yes, it is. You think? Oh, this is... This is relatable. No, We've I mean, talked about and we've talked about this too, you know, just the three of us where like our interviews and stuff like this where we kind of go off the rails usually end up being the stuff we feel the best about because it's just better content, you know, than us trying to like fucking hit all our fucking notes or whatever mm-hmm. and like kind of just all right, here's the news. And yeah, like there's yeah, a, this this shit always goes way better. There's a million podcasts doing the news. <laughs> Jesus know, Christ. Not not all of them are talking about Kemper Arena in the, right. in the mid two thousand. Capital J Wrestling Journalism, brother. Yeah, man. I mean, just you come for you know, like you said about uh, Olive Garden. Come for the family, stay for uh, the conversation. The I don't know, and the breadsticks. The breadsticks are still coming though, so be come for some uh, frozen shit that comes out of a bag, and stay for some frozen shit that comes out of a bag. That's our show. That's 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 us. <laughs> that's us, everybody. I mean, we could just talk about. Like, we could talk what? about like what we liked and what we didn't like about the pay per view. I guess to kind of. All right, I like it. that a lot better. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we're forty minutes in at this point, so. Um, I the pre show match I didn't like at all. That was my. There was a pre show. Yeah, that was, pre, that was the, the uh, Mysterios lost. Oh, the, I uh, thought that was like the opener. Whoops. No, that was the pre show. Um, lost to the Usos. So I missed. The Usos the oh yeah, that's a busy bummer. Champs. Um. I don't know. I just did not enjoy that match at all. Uh, it just was not fun. Yeah. What do you think of Dominic? I don't yeah. know, man. <laughs> like, I just feel like it's 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 nepotism, like to the core. I mean, I but that's I feel like that's a little bit selling him short. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. That's a very Vince thing to do. I could just see Ray being like, man, I I just I just want to hang out with my son. He's like, well, bring your son on the road. We'll put him in a match. You know, I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I, I feel like the kid definitely wants to do it. I think he's yeah. put in a lot of work. I mean, he's. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not cool trying things. to sell him short. Oh, was, no. Yeah. And, the, and that was my first time seeing Dominic Mysterio wrestle. Oh, really? So, oh. Yeah. Huh. I, so, 
I actually felt the quality of that match was pretty strong, but it was hard for me not to think about the weird decision they were making. Yeah. They kind of distracted and, me from it. And that's the other part of it. It's just... So, so me, and maybe this is going to get a little weird on the Dominic thing, but I'm going to say it anyway. You know, he's obviously like a lot bigger than his dad, and so he serves as the base for like a lot of the power moves and shit that they do. Mm-hmm. And I all I can think about is, and granted, I never had the greatest relationship with my dad, but I can't imagine having a relationship with my dad where I like pull his ass onto my lap via wheelbarrow. And like, <laughs> yeah. Weird. Wheelbarrow. I knew you were going to say wheelbarrow. Yeah. How did I know? You see it too, right? It's weird. Wheelbarrow. It's like, that's his dad. And there's something weird about it. <laughs> now that you say it. Yeah. That's even funnier. Well, I'm just, I mean, if you showed anybody a picture of the two of them and said, one of these men is the son of the other. How many people would like look at Dominic and be like, "Oh yeah, he's totally the other." No, Ray's he's the, so much. I mean, shorter. look at his face, dude. He yeah, looks twelve in the face. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying, like Ray is so much shorter. His dad, uh, I mean, Ray is very was always very baby faced, well into his yeah, too. yeah. Okay, I, and and this is this is the thing with like, I, I'm and again, yeah, not saying he doesn't work hard, not saying he's bad, anything like that. Guess how old Dominic Mysterio is? Is he twenty two? He's 24. He's yeah, I was thinking he was 25. I oh, okay. look older than him. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love he's it. not that young. There are major stars on the Indies. Who are That's pretty young, though. There are major like, stars to... on the Indies that are younger than that. Though. Yeah. Wow. Like Christian Blake is, like, super young, isn't he? No, I feel like younger, young star, like, bigger stars on the Indies, like, I don't know. In my mind, most of them should be younger because that's, like, the point of the Indies to me is, like, all right, these are the guys that you can see going to like the next level. Fair enough. They're not there yet, and obviously you're gonna have people who have been around way longer and or are better or whatever. But like, yeah, I don't know. To me, there's like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's just me being stupid. But I feel like, yeah, the indies does need a lot of emphasis on like guys that aren't made yet. Like they're not the totally fleshed out uh product or package Bro, but they can progress. be yeah. yeah but they can be you know what i mean mm-hmm. but i mean by that token then you have what do you do with the guys who are in their 30s who are very good but are at a point where this is where they are in their career i mean the obvious thing to me I that think, i would say is that you use i think they're guys like the backbone of the your show exactly exactly they're I, I feel like those guys are the actual backbone of your show and like help make everyone else better right um but that's that's just it's just me little old me talking i don't know nothing so don't listen to me i don't know uh, nothing about yeah, nothing i mean when we're putting together like cards unless i try very very much and that's and this is of note because the usos are definitely veterans at this point and ray mysterio couldn't be more veteran so he's got three veterans in there with dominic so, exactly but what they've you been very smart about putting him do, in there with guys that'll make him look good what yeah. you go out of your way to do is to you try very hard not to put two relatively young or green guys in the match together yes you kind of want to have if you do that then, then you turn it into a triple threat with a veteran that they know well mm-hmm. yep. yep i'm saying i can think of any specific examples for that where that might have been booked that way on any show that I know of, or if it's two green guys, you want it to be guys who have trained together. 
right, because right. then they can they can they're familiar they've they got go chemistry something they know yeah. what to do and right. that was always the biggest thing that i would like when we first started getting on the road that i would say to promoters is like you know we have a group of students that we've come up together we've trained for x amount of months together or whatever uh we can travel together cheaper trans like so because that's you know if you're gonna put green you know green kids on the card they mostly want to do it in one of those positions where they're either with somebody they're familiar with or with a more experienced guy who can totally lead them or and you can put on a match that you put on with one of those guys before and nobody knows because mm-hmm. they haven't seen it exactly so you, right you can recycle previous material you can uh, i've done that a few times <laughs> everybody's done that that's that's the way it goes no i feel like i'm a little short in the tooth to have already done that but i was i've been surprised by that's one of the uh, tough things about being like dominic coming up on wwe like main roster stuff is like he everything he does you can basically you can't really do the same match exactly again right off the right out the front of his career but Uh, and he's gonna feel he's gonna feel old fast like Ten years well, from now, people will be like, "God, he's been around ten years, and he'll only be 34. What didn't you like about it, Michael? Just out of curiosity. I I don't know. I mean, part of it, like you said, was having um, the DUI stuff kind of overshadowing it. Like I, I just that's something they I did that comfortable with. Um, not no, just talking about like the, the fact that there were no repercussions for that, and like it's uh. just the show must go on. Um, there was actually rewards for that. In yeah, fact. it seems. Yeah, like, there yeah, was. Exactly. <laughs> so, I yeah, mean, I thought th- that was th- an odd one. It just felt kind of gross, uh, in in a way. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It just, I, I think the use of work has never been better right now. Honestly, yeah, I, if you ask me, like they've never been better. Just taking away everything about their personal about the personal life, people. Yeah, no, I mean that's, but that's really. I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not a fan of WWE's style of tag team wrestling. It's just for the fact that they just really don't give it a lot of uh, priority. Um, they're just. I mean, the, the Usos are one of the few like natural tag teams that they they have left. Like all the rest of their tag teams, with a couple of exceptions, are are like two singles guys put together, or two singles women put together. Yep. Um, they they don't have a lot of tag teams on the roster. Um, the other one they break I, them up. <laughs> yeah, um, and we'll mention the we'll come up on the other one next, which was the uh, the Raw tag team title match that AJ Styles and Omos taking on the Viking Raiders. I I had forgot the Viking Raiders were the Viking Raiders. Yeah, <laughs> and man, I hate the I hate the Viking Raiders. I miss War Machine so bad. They just they feel like really really neutered, and they've been really really commercialized to like hey we want to have you put on these stupid hats and you know do I don't know man they they just whatever cool factor they had when they got into WWE is gone. Uh, at least it feels gone. I'm not saying they can't recapture it. If they uh if they fought the Bludgeon Brothers from a few years ago, if that gimmick was still obviously around with you know yeah. caveats, then you'd basically have like Golden Axe for Sega Genesis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you you literally were just talking about putting three veterans around a yeah. you know a green person, and uh, 
I mean, Omos looked good for, for what little he had to do in the match. Like, very oh, protected. Mm-hmm. Very yes. protected. I mean, literally, his, his offense is just throwing AJ Styles at people. Yeah. So. <laughs> and throwing other people at people. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that was fine. It was That was okay. It was kind of a slow start. Um, I missed it, so I can't yeah, say Yeah, you didn't miss much. It was, yeah. yeah it was, I, mean, <laughs> I didn't think I did. Throwing, I forgot throwing AJ that it was... Styles into a Hurricane Rana, I think, was like the, the, the I saw move. that gif. That was a yeah. neat gif. The, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even know this match was on the card. So they're supposed to be heels, but they keep booking Omas like he's some kind of like underdog somehow. Because every time he comes out, the crowd cheers. (laughs) So it's really weird mixed signals going on here. Especially, I think it's because when they did that when they did that match um, at WrestleMania, everybody for whatever reason loved what they did with the New Day, Mm -hmm. and they were like, "This is entertaining." like destroy more i yeah i don't know i guess they were just like oh this is entertaining we want to see this more so he big yeah, maybe yeah <laughs> yeah pretty much he's huge um, you know what i told michael this last night is that i got a lot of vibes from uh especially with us veteran as you know raymond Rowe and uh you know the the war raiders the the viking voyager are and <laughs> and uh aj styles it reminded me a lot of like uh, WCW 1997, whenever like the giant came in and was immediately moved to the main event scene. Right. And they had to protect the shit out of the giant because he couldn't work worth a fuck. And so he was just working with like 20 year vets like every time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so Amos reminds me a lot of WCW 1997 giant. I can see that. I could definitely see that. Except they're so, not throwing him in the main event scene. They're throwing him in with a tag guy. Soon, it's not, it's not nearly as yeah. abrasive as yeah. the giant wins the title on like his first freaking like, The way they're doing Omos to me is way better than the way WCW did the giant yeah. <laughs> because they're actually giving him time to grow a little bit. Yeah. Smart guys around him. So, um, I don't know. the the. I mean, of course, they started the show off with the women's Money in the Bank match, which felt... It was, Man. it was good, but that ending was weird. And it was funny because well, my buffering, like, so my buffering was like, at one point it was, uh, what's her, what's, what are they calling her now? Ash? <laughs> Fucking, uh. Uh, that'd be Nikki A-S-H. Yeah, Nikki A-S-H was standing on the outside of the ring, like, pointing. And then all of a sudden, like, it buffered. And then when it came back she was already holding the money in the bank briefcase at the top of the stage. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> and it's like, especially after during the match when you have Alexa, like trying to bring it down using tele, like telekinesis. Like, of course I had no clue what was going on. That was a I'm wild. Not surprised that match. happened. Yeah. I, was, yeah uh... I missed, I missed that match too, but I saw the picture of, Nikki standing on the ladder with the case and then everybody else immediately around her on a ladder. And I'm like, so nobody stopped her. Yeah. She's uh, like, no, snuck was, in. Was, I mean, Walter pointed out, it was pretty cool that she, she won in a scrum. It was yeah. just, everybody was kind of fighting each other at the top of the ladders. And, and then the Nikki joy of being the, to... the odd person out because everyone had a yeah. partner except for her. I was, I was always surprised that a money in the bank didn't ever end that way like where somebody emerged from a scrum with the briefcase because it feels like those always end those ladder matches 
with like a person on the site slowly and hooking a briefcase with nobody else around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, so I was actually happy for like a change of pace. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not mad that Nikki won. I thought she was kind of probably one of the last people most people would have picked to win just because that. Her oh, yeah. The right internet hated so... it because it were, they were like, Naomi and Natalia were right there. Mm-hmm. Liv Morgan was right there, guys. Come and on. Liv Morgan. I, a lot more people were upset than lived. Yeah, in people yeah. really. Well, she had that emotional promo on SmackDown Friday that that caught fire, and everybody yeah. was all hyped around that. Um, I hope someday WWE women baby faces can do more than cry. Yeah, like happy tears is like getting a little like it feels a little misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit. But, I mean, I, I, you know, I kind of like it in a celebratory fashion because I feel like the, the guys can't do that. Um, I wish they, they could, but WWE wouldn't let them or the audience wouldn't let them be more emotional. Yeah, I have no problem with, like, genuine, like, tears of joy. But yeah. it feels like with women, they go to that well constantly. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I feel like, well, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like Charlotte does it a lot more, but, I mean, Sasha does it too, so. Um. Boy, that Humans Charlotte, emotional, man. that Charlotte Flair Rhea Ripley match, um, yeah. I, I don't, man, it was I don't, really good until it ended. Well, I mean, for starters, I guess I missed it because it was kind of buffering on our end. But I guess the crowd was chanting for Becky Lynch, and that's why that Charlotte flipped awesome. the crowd off. That was because she, awesome. she did the crotch chop and then flipped him off. Yeah. <laughs> But it was. I was. I was told until Michael yesterday. I was very confused as to who the babyface yeah. was. I still don't. I, know. I still don't know who yeah. we were supposed to be rooting for in that match. Like it was just really weird. Both of them were doing. Heel both of them shit. were doing babyface and heel stuff. They just. It kept... sounded to me like they were trying to tell you that Rhea was the babyface, um, and I kind of saw it in the match, but. Yeah. <sighs> I don't. Th- I don't know. It I don't wasn't know. Maybe, defined. Maybe the enough. crowd's not buying into Rhea Ripley at this point. I don't think this is the second time now that she got has dropped the title, title to Charlotte. She, has, well, yeah, it's like the second time she won the belt at Mania, and then promptly gave up the belt to Charlotte like shortly after. Like no, she lost the last time she wrestled Charlotte. She lost at Mania. But. They that showed that the pandemic. They showed that three like match like clip, right? So you said Rhea's supposed to be the baby face. Is that right? At least I thought, yeah. See, here's the thing. We're all like pretty experienced wrestling people, and none of us can fucking agree on who the baby face is supposed to be. That's a problem. Yeah. Like it was hard to tell because Charlotte seemed like she was the heel, but then she's like doing moonsaults off of like you that's know, true order the outside like doing full baby face shit yeah like firing up and like it was a really confusingly put together match i was mm-hmm. but yeah, that yeah. being said the quality was really good it's mm-hmm. just the storytelling was really confusing the crowd yeah. well, was that's... into it man well, were... again if if, Char- if charlotte was meant to be the baby face like the that explains why they cut the camera when she flipped the crowd off but then it's like <sighs> No, they did the, that because they're PG. Well, partially, but they came back and she was still flipping the crowd off. Like, yeah, they that was great. They didn't black out the whole thing. She's like, and then she's like, oh, let's get Howard camera side. <laughs> yeah, Oops. but I mean, I guess I'm surprised the crowd just forgave it that fast. Like you would think if, if a wrestler just flipped you off, you would mercilessly boo them 
Because they were like, hey, Senpai man, has noticed the, us. We yeah, haven't exactly. had crowds for over a year. They're a little excited. Yeah, they're, they're hot. They're gonna, it's a hot It's crowd. not going to make sense right off the jump. <laughs> and it's Texas, and Texas is always a hotbed for, like, wrestling. So Texas crowds can be hot, but they can be weird. But it was too. funny because, like, the, the, the pictures of her flipping people off, you just see a bunch of kids in the crowd like, what did I do? <laughs> <laughs> So I, I don't I know. Just, that... After they showed, like I said, that opening segment thing, and Matt, I don't know if you saw this. I know Michael, you and I talked about this, but they showed a thing where like Charlotte was hurt, and again, bear in mind I didn't watch any of this, but like Rhea is like mocking her for being hurt, and I'm like, okay, so you're the heel, right? No, <laughs> yeah. What I think it was, what I think they were doing was that after the last match they had, they both took out each other's knee, so they were both hurt. And then it turned out they were both faking it to get one up on the other. Oh, well, that's just awfully confusing booking right off the bat. So they're both right. heels, is what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. At, I mean, that's, at least that's from what I gathered, that's I what the deal was. Yeah. I mean, at least now I understand because right. I, I spent all that whole match trying to figure out, like, and it was a perfectly fine work match, but I could not figure out what the story was. I could not. I couldn't find it in there. Hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I was. I mean, it was if weird. if, it if they weird. intended for Charlotte to be the heel, she's probably definitely going to start getting booed now because everyone's <laughs> going to complain about Charlotte getting shoved down their throat again. Uh, apparently, this is title number fourteen. Wow. Fourteen. If 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 I saw, I think Rick tweeted that out a little clip this morning that had. Do you think? Do you think 14. she gets to sixteen and then she just stops? I think she's going for twenty. Shit, no, I mean, she's old. Stop. She's young enough. She can. I mean, I she mean, can yeah, for ages. Man, yeah, it's, I hope it's, nobody like. I mean, the thing is, is that's an incredible accomplishment. Good for her, and she's very talented. But anybody who tries to compare that to her dad's record, me, is like, is like comparing like. It's like comparing touchdown pass records from the 1970s to modern NFL. It's not a fair comparison, right? It's not the same league. It's not the no, same thing. It's, it's not. not Title changes happen frequently. There's like 80 shows and a million yep. titles. So, yeah, I agree. Yep. Let the yep. let the accomplishment stand on its own, but don't think it compares to anything. I know, and it's so weird. Like you know, Rick had that that kind of that prestige for so long of like being the guy that had 16 world titles, and now you've got. John Cena on his heels, Randy Orton on his heels, and then Charlotte. It's like they they tried to shoot everybody to that number. Um, I mean, hell, I'm surprised Taker didn't get to it, but he he didn't need that many title runs. Yeah, Taker never needed the belt. Didn't need the belt, but I mean, if anybody else would have done it, it would have been Undertaker. Triple H, what are you talking about? Uh, Triple H, yeah, that's I think he's at 11 or something like that. But I wouldn't, you know, Goldberg seems to be trying to chase it now. No, uh, that would be the biggest. I'm sorry, that would be the biggest insult to wrestling having Goldberg break Ric Flair's world championship record. Where is he at? Oh, he I'm sure he's. I think he's only had three or four. Like he's not close. Yeah. I'm just talking about all of a sudden bringing all these legends back. Brock. I mean, Brock's got to be at seven or eight at this point. I think he's at six. Maybe six. Under Undertaker had a surprisingly few amount of world. Yeah. Titles. Yeah. I think he was only champ, many, champ but... like two or three times. Yeah. It's, and there's honestly, that's for good reason, because yes. Yes, a is. picture of an undead, like, zombie godfather carrying a big gold belt is fucking stupid. 
<laughs> it looks yeah. silly. Yeah. And he didn't need the belt to be over at all. Right. He didn't. And so one of the only times he won the belt was as the American Badass, right? Well, that was when the second he first time started off, did, too. Yeah. He he did win it as a... He beat Hogan for it at, like, Survivor Series. Yeah. yeah. But that was, like, right before the cartoony era of wrestling was ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, but he was still, like, the dead man. I mean, he was Yeah, still, he was. Yeah. Yeah. He just didn't need a... I mean, he didn't need a title. And that's, nope. like... This is why, like, uh, and this is, goes back to my, like, history when I was, like, a baseball statistician guy. Like, counting statistics are, are generally significantly worse than, like, rate context statistics. Yeah. Like, you need to know how many world title reigns did Randy Orton have versus his peers. And just the fact that he was in the exact same period as John Cena and they both got 15 tells you that title reigns were not as significant as they were in the seventies. Right. When Bruno San Martino held it for like 50 fucking years or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, these are, these are important things. Yeah. They're two totally different time periods. Totally. Yeah. How did we get on this when we were talking about Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair? Well, just because Charlotte, Charlotte number of so many yeah. different title reigns now. Yeah, she, I mean, literally, she's only been. You know, they showed her, which was another weird thing with Money in the Bank. They kept like referencing back old WrestleManias or something. It's like, hey, we know you're back. So, like, <laughs> I think they just interpreted live crowds being back as to like TV audience also being back too. Um, but like her first WrestleMania title win was like 2016, I think, or maybe 2015. So like she's only been at it six years Jeez. on the main roster, That's like That's five absurd. or six years, and for her to have fourteen title reigns in that time. Can you Jesus. imagine winning more than two world championships a year? Yeah, I mean I could. I mean you, you know. <laughs> what the fuck? How many? Did you, guys, uh, I mean, did you guys play WWE 2K19? Not this last one, but the year before. Kev did. Oh, yeah. No. Kev. Okay. That's what I based all my uh, Brawl stuff off of. Do you remember, like, uh, like the weird, like, shit that the commentary would do? It would be like, this reminds me of Dick Togo and uh, Bruiser Brody in 1979 at the uh, yeah. Wembley Auditorium. Like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? And yeah. then they would insist on continually bringing it up. And it's like, okay. But then Bruiser Brody, like, and you're watching like some NXT mid card match with like, yeah, fucking you know Buddy Murphy. Yeah, it made no <laughs> sense. The commentary they keep talking was just... about Dick Togo in, uh, in London. It's like, yeah, what the fuck? It was a weird ass. I I had turned the commentary off just because I couldn't. Time. Yeah, because they would just repeat the same <laughs> shit, and I'm just like, no, dude, I'm not listening to this fucking. Oh. I'm not listening to this story again. They're fucking. Uh... They shoehorn that in. Basically. Yeah. I can't remember which year Lawler was on the commentary. It was one of the early ones, but I just, I always love that they got the famous Lawler scream of like, ah, oh, ah. God. Lawler freaking out. Like that was the best. Like I said, my favorite still of all time is that, that one that was on Dreamcast in the arcade. It was just called WWF Royal Rumble where they had Taz doing commentary. And then every time, like he would just be like, I think that Taz is great. <laughs> You yeah. know, just like it was so fucking like it was so canned. Like everyone, yeah. it was. So I remember. Bad. I remember the uh, one of the Taz ones, and I don't remember which edition it was, but had the uh, 
how big is my big red machine? That sounds like he's like a fucking children's book author. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> God, it all goes if back to those wrestling were, If wishes games. were fishes, guys. Yeah, <laughs> if wishes were wishes. fishes. Yeah, he what was. the fuck are you talking about, Jerry? Every time my wife heard that, it would piss her off. She's like, <laughs> what is your biggest problem? The one that would anyway, always throw also, me off. I never Charlie Flair and Rhea Ripley happened. <laughs> yeah, or he's omnipotent. What? Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Shit is weird. Dude, so weird. Well, it's like a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest. Like he said, the most sh- weirdest shit. <laughs> <laughs> he, he did. He would. Uh, he was probably half drunk when he was recording. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. But you know, the commentary for WWE is like you know, we talked about this last night. Like Pat McAfee having like. Like putting in actual genuine emotion really helps. He seems to be able to. Oh, he's getting his flowers today. Yeah, yeah. Him and Michael night. Cole. I mean, I guess, I guess I haven't listened to it as much, but they they do have more of like a friendship camaraderie than mm-hmm. than previous announcers in WWE. There because there's always been the heel yeah. commentator, um, you know, which. Pat's helping Michael ease up, and I think that yeah. only yeah, helps Michael. Yeah, it's an odd couple That's, vibe, and it works. Yeah, and the, and the, it's it's okay. I still it was like I was telling Walter. I still hate the whole, you know. Well, I well I talked to Naomi earlier this week, and she said she's ready to you know <laughs> bring the belt well, back home. It's like motherfucker, we don't take your calls. Yeah, right? <laughs> I just that, that form of storytelling is just they do it every match. Yeah. Yeah, you know the Usos said you know they're they're ready to get the belts back. I mean that's what the yeah that's why they were booked in this match, <laughs> right? You know it, it, I don't know I just I hate yeah I hate that I would rather them talk about what's going on right in front of me versus you know telling me what story they want to tell. Yeah, I I agree. I'm and I'm happy like I I I'm happy with that most people are going away from the heel face commentary team yeah like i think heel commentators actually take heat away from the heel in the ring mm-hmm. like and that's not good like the you know the commentator should be there to put energy on to the people in the yeah. you have to you have to be we, really we good tried at it. that in journey we tried that old memphis shit those first couple ones where uh dj was playing his uh yeah his heel announcer and he would be the first to tell you it ain't good nah it ain't good uh, as, I mean, as, well, and, yeah, it's not that, <laughs> and it's not on DJ, but uh, yeah, I feel like nowadays the the better route for commentary is a play by play guy or an experienced guy to kind of uh, defer to in terms of you know the competitor's perspective, and then the play by play guy um, or the more analytical perspective and that's kind of your dynamic rather than heel baby i mean don't i and i feel like he's he's already starting to be forgotten a little bit for it but like bobby the brain heenan on commentary was one of oh he'll never be forgotten for that are you kidding me you you wouldn't i mean fucking people today were trying to talk about how you know like the best wwe commentary and like nobody was mentioning bobby heenan i'm just like fuck all y'all well, that's because Wait, it's a bunch really? of nerds on the internet, Michael. I know. Nobody but... brought up Bobby Heenan when mentioning the best commentary team. Mm-mm. Who did they bring up? Recency um, bias. It was it was Excuse a lot me. of recency bias. It was a lot of like Mauro Ronaldo. I mean, you know, you know, 
Nothing I, against Morrow, like but Morrow. I don't. Yeah, I love Morrow, awesome. but I don't. I'm not going to say he's better than Heenan. I always thought Lawler Very was obnoxious, I'm, and yeah. Yeah, I love Morrow. Everything for Lawler, but I can't. I don't really Never like Jerry Lawler. Yeah. Jerry Lawler was all, all he was is react. Yeah, puppy. He was like one one yeah. liners and it, yeah. or his Most, old man uh, jokes. Yes. Yeah. Most underrated heel commentator though, and I'll say this because this is around the time that you stopped watching Michael, is the uh, the Jr. Paul Heyman team was actually really underrated. Paul Heyman, uh-huh. was, a, yeah. Paul Heyman was a great commentator. I wish we had more of that. Yeah. He was on that WrestleMania card. He was. Uh, he did a little bit. I think that's about and the only was, time I got to hear him do commentary per se. And he was a and he was a heel who very subtly knew how to put the baby faces over by his like exasperation. Yeah, like he actually made people seem tougher. He didn't shit on people. Like that's, yeah. that's such a lost art, and it really is in wrestling. It's like, and that's some of the things that like, I mean, oh gosh, man, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. The Rock. Let's talk about the fucking rock. The rock is one of the most charismatic best talkers of all time. The rock as a baby face, particularly would fucking bury his opponents and make them look like shit. Every mm-hmm. time he opened his yeah. mouth and it drove me nuts. Like he did not put his opponents over. He did not make his opponents seem credible. He just, he just made fun of them, made them seem like a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, there's a hot take for you. The Rock needed improvement at uh, at you. And, and I, mean, I think no, fair. you're right. Like fundamentally speaking, watching some of the Rock promos, like yeah, they're entertaining, but it's like, <laughs> God, you know, like I think you could do a Rock style promo, but better? Question mark. If that makes sense. I know like, I could. But... Like I think you can. <laughs> Like I think I you can still take some of the mannerisms that he was like were signatures of his and what you know the things that made him super entertaining when he was cutting promos and you could do them in a dialogue or context where he's not burying the shit out of everybody he's talking to or right. about you know I just, I yeah I, I, agree. I don't know I, I feel like it's possible uh, I don't to, know who's going to do it. examples but... that we can think of that have done it. I just can't think of any right now that we're really good at. Right. That's because yeah. we're sitting here getting sidetracked every time we talk about a money in the bank match. <laughs> we're getting on to something else. But, it's, but this is all related to wrestling as a whole. Yes, it is. It happened. And it also relates to the Charlotte Maria match and the way that none of these people who watched it could tell who the baby face was. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's a problem. Mm-hmm. It was like a, watching that match. Any Asian watching that match is going to think that's a problem. Yeah, in my opinion. Yep. Yeah. It was just an indie style match, basically. I was I was going to say it was kind of like an indie match with like no story. You just the two people just going and making a spot fest out of it. And I don't mean that as an insult. It's just that's not. It, it was just weird. It was just really really weird. So, what else we got uh, on the card? Do what? What else do we have on this card? There's uh, two left. We've got the, the title <laughs> matches, basically. Well, the men, the men's Money in the Bank, which nobody nope. got to watch because uh, Peacock. Good for was Big E. Glad he won. Feed. Yeah, I'm glad Big E won. From what I could I tell, that ruled. From what I could <laughs> tell, the match was awesome. Right from the gifts and the clips and stuff, there was some yeah. cool shit. So wait, that that match was legit, just not showing up because I like I said, I nope. gave up at this yeah. point. Yeah, no, it was no joke. The, the entire thing. frames, so, like it, you would get like I'd get like one or two frames. 
and then the screen would go black and then i'd get another two frames wow. and the screen would go and black. sometimes you wouldn't even get audio it was just yeah. bad it was, it was bad it was brutal i think we picked up i think we got about like a third of the way into it is when it started to clear up, but we had missed a bunch of it. I feel like we missed more than that. Like, was... <laughs> I missed the entire thing. Yeah. The entire thing. I didn't even see entrances. I got to see Ricochet do that, you know, running on the ropes and then jump into the ladder thing. And then basically we got to see all the, everybody ramping up, getting their spots, trying to get up the ladder, basically. Yeah. Kofi um, got squashed. Oh, yeah. yeah that sucked. Did. Yeah. yeah it, got, it was got, like got, another got, Brock Lesnar situation. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I don't know where that's going. I mean, Walter and I were talking about it last night. Like, I don't, I don't. They're making you know, Bobby Lashley look so dominant and so almighty. Yeah, I just. It was boring. It was, it was kind of boring. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen him do everything he did it a just, dozen it, times. Yeah. And they could have just not had that match. I feel like. Uh, Felt like he was selecting his moves and doing it. It could have made it shorter. (laughs) It could have have made made it shorter. shorter. Yeah. Um, No reason to give us 10 minutes of that. Yeah. Uh, And then I have to say something about that. How is it that Jimmy Lloyd's been a part of Hurt Crew for like since WrestleMania and we haven't seen him show up once? (laughs) No? Just going to go flat? All right, Kev. Now, he's probably still wearing that Hurt Crew shirt. It's hurt business. The hurt business. What? Kevin. Okay, Hurt business. Well, you have been fired as a writer for WWE. You are no longer permitted into the VIP lounge. Be a writer. Send you an awful lot of nasty DMs. Disappointed. The Hurt business. I hated that match, guys. I hated. It was pretty bad. I hated it hated every second. I don't I don't know. I feel like WWE is really trying hard to break up the new day, but like the new day is really fighting against it. Um, they, they even had they had like a WWE.com exclusive clip backstage after Biggie had won where Kofi and uh Xavier Woods were like celebrating with him and and like he was being real emotional about winning that match and what it means to have these two guys you know, you know honestly I if <laughs> If WWE is so hell-bent on this that they actually do it, I hope that all three of their contracts expire and then they go be the New Day somewhere else. Because I'd much rather see them as the New Day yeah. anywhere else than to see what WWE screws up with them separately. Yeah, They worked so hard to get that over on their own. They really did, and it worked. And it worked so well. And it sold so much merch. I it mean, they did. were selling... And they put on such killer matches. Yeah. Like... I mean, they didn't even give, like, Kofi didn't even get a fucking hope spot. No. In that match, which mm-hmm. seems like, I I go back, and I mean, it's okay to have Lashley beat Kofi Kingston. There's no problem about that. But that's, I've watched two WWE matches, both with you guys. WrestleMania, I watched that event. I watched Money in the Bank. And, you know, two times in a row, I've seen Kofi get treated like shit. And then I go back to Kofi and the Brock Lesnar thing. So we've already seen this happen. Yep. Where Brock just crushes Kofi. And I'm like, what's the point? At this point, you're not even getting any, oh, man, Bobby Lashley's for real because he crushed a legitimate competitor. Because in my mind, Kofi is, like, just treated like a ragdoll by everybody. Because he was treated like a ragdoll at Mania. He was treated like a ragdoll by SummerSlam. So 
If you're beating a ragdoll, what does that do for either Kofi or Lashley? It was weird having, you know, Xavier Woods actually beat Lashley. You know, like it's yeah, it's it's really inconsistent. Well, like point. I don't know what what they're doing. When, when Brock Lesnar, we're going back many years. I think that was 2014 SummerSlam when he left yep. Wallop Cena. Yep, that worked for me because see, nobody had seen Cena get walloped like that. Like right, that exactly. was exactly. Like but Kofi, we see get mollywomped like this like fucking weekly. So what did it do? Yeah, yeah. It just it just. It's and people people were getting behind Kofi and I mean of course they they have been really since he got his title run but yeah. and I think that was the other thing it's like you know he's starting to get like main event matches again so I think people are kind of getting hyped for like a, a another Kofi mania Kofi run. mania two <laughs> and yeah I just don't it think won't it's happen, happen but it no. should so uh, maybe they have such disdain for their audience that they're trying to get him over by pissing them off, like turning those people against the company. I, I don't know. It's man. disrespectful, it, is what it is. Um, disrespect you know, to Kofi. And then we get into the main event, which was uh, Edge taking on Roman Reigns. And I now mean, that was good. I th- see, I, I felt like it started really slow. Like I was. I it I had mean, to. Yeah, I know. It just. It was too slow like, for too long for me. If you're not gonna do, if you're not gonna do a no longer than eight to ten minute sprint in your main event, then you have to go slow. You have to start it off slow so that you can build from something. You can't start off going hundred miles an hour because then you're no, not even that. gonna get to but 120 I mean, before show you crash. Was, by that point, we were like four and a half hours in. The show was re- re- really long. Like really I was, long. I was, I was surprised at how long the show ran. Yeah, but. And I feel like even during during Roman the Thunderdome era, we had like really nice two thirty, two forty five, probably kind of running times on shows. They felt great. And well, I, I mean, it, maybe it was, Roman it and Edge in the main event for the Universal Title needs to be that classic, it, but classic feeling. You know, it was a lot of them, event. I I don't know. I think I think they. The, the whole whipping the guy outside the ring and having him sitting there with his hands on his hips, like, what am I going to do next? Like, there was a lot of that, like, plotting and I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm okay with holds. I'm okay with, like, chain wrestling. And I don't feel like there was a lot of that. It was just a lot of, like, hit you and then distance and then hit and then distance. Like, there was no – I don't know. It just uh, – that, that first two-thirds of that – match was well just, i was know totally why, dialed out you know why you do your first two thirds that way because well so because that, that last third that last third sounds is, like that and then they're manipulating the crowd yeah. to yeah no i get that to give it to the ebb and flow i yeah I, I i talked about this video last night i disagreed with you michael that, that match was awesome it, it was a very much a wwe made event and wwe yeah. made events have sort of a formula to them but yes. i've seen like I was thinking about this last night. I've seen Triple H have that match like a hundred times, and honestly, Roman Reigns is better at it than Triple H was. Sure, for a huge period there. Oh yeah, because Roman Reigns did it with Triple H, and it was a snoozer. It was bad, but this he's. I I was actually really impressed. I thought the selling was really good. I understood the story. I thought the emotion was there. The the facials were great. That last third is exactly what you wanted it to be. The crowd was hot awesome post-match swerve had no problem with segment nine whatsoever 
How about you, Kevin? What did you, what did you think? I, I don't know, man. You didn't watch this, did you? I, <laughs> no. no, I didn't. Gave well, I gave point. up at it. So, like, I was already checked out. I watched the, uh, like I said, I watched whatever was available on Squared Circle. I got tired of, you know, dealing with the buffering issues. So, that's I, fair. I, 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 caught, I caught the I very think, ending. But. I think after I'd seen Rhea, Rhea Charlotte, mm. I was so grateful to see a match in which I could easily follow the story. And <laughs> the yeah. Yep. That helped me a lot. <laughs> I will, like, this, this run, this year now that Roman has had, anybody that says he has done anything less than, you know, carry that place for the last year, I don't know if I can take anything they say seriously. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, really had dope, a man. 360. That's what we always wanted him to be. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the Cena reveal, which which Dallas, to his credit, he called it. I did. I called it, guys. Yeah, we were, we were sitting there I said to them, before it. he even touched the mic, I said, and here comes Cena, hit the music. And I, 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 I mean, it had been rumored. I was like, I think they're saving that for for tv but sure enough they they did it and that was a i've seen enough wwe product (laughs) i know the deal i i successfully called biggie winning money in the bank and i successfully called uh seth rollins you did yeah you definitely did two obvious things to me Um, sometimes the obvious choice is the right one and there's a reason it's obvious and definitely the, the uh the best news in the last 24 hours was the person who didn't call the money in the bank ladder match properly was Faye Jackson, uh, which Oof. has turned into like, I, I, we were, I was trying to figure out how we were going to talk about this story, but we're like an hour and a half into the show. Now we're just now getting to it. So we're going to try to burn through this before Kevin just turns everything off on us. Um, so <laughs> long story short, uh, wrestling Twitter, you know, of course was following along with the show and having a good time. And then we get to the men's money in the bank ladder match. And Faye just kind of out of nowhere. Well, I shouldn't say out of nowhere. She and Biggie have have a history, and they go back and forth on Twitter quite a bit, and mm-hmm. uh, along with just a bunch of other wrestlers. But like Faye and Biggie, that's there's a thing there. Uh, so Faye had tweeted out that if she was so certain that Biggie was not going to win the, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match, that if he did win, she would just. Tw- she, I think the quote was like, "I'll just I'll tweet out nudes on the timeline." Um, yep. So as confident as, she was that Biggie yeah. wasn't okay. winning. The exact he, quote was quote, if he wins, I'll post a nude on the timeline. That's how confident I am that he ain't winning. And <laughs> <Yeah. quote. laughs> there we go. And so of course, as soon as Biggie wins, like basically everybody rushes on Twitter, like, all right, Faye, let's go. And, uh, uh, it was just hilarity ensued. Uh, she ended up posting a, Maybelline makeup kit called the nudes. Yeah. And felt like that was, that was justified enough for her to uh, have fulfilled her obligation. Um, friend of, of, of Walters, uh, Shug Dunkerton has uh, staked his claim that uh, she has not fulfilled her obligation and that she has wronged many a wrestling fan uh, across the, the wrestling universe <laughs> And so he has uh, decided to take her to court, which I guess I didn't think about it being wrestler's court, but it's a very good point. It is kind of like a modern day wrestler's court. So uh, Suge and I guess Big Swole is going to be her defense. Um, 
Was it Tasha Steeles? I think he's going to be Tasha the judge. Tasha Steeles is the judge. Tasha yeah, Steeles is the judge. The judge. Yeah. 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 Uh, so they are win- Wednesday night at like, he said 11. I guess I'm, I'm not sure if that's 11 Eastern. I'll go Eastern to be safe. Yeah. But uh, they're going to host a Twitter space where they are going to have court proceedings against uh, whether or not Faye Jackson is guilty. I guess of not. Not, not, not putting not the nudes on the timeline. Forcible contract. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, go ahead, Kev. I was just saying, I love that he cut a promo, Dunkerton cut a promo of like him basically acting a lawyer. Like, you know, yeah, he went have all you been wronged? about it? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Have you yeah. suffered mental trauma? You know, um, <laughs> it's fantastic. Even, he's a very even, funny guy. Yeah. yeah, he's great. Um, and even even Big E kind of chimed in on this. So was like, when is this going to air? And this is like, is there going to be prison time involved? <laughs> yeah. um, There's so, just so much. So many people invested in this. GPA, yeah, GPA is siding with. Uh, GPA was like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like everybody, like, like I said, it's just, it's the so best funny. thing to go on wrestling it's just, Twitter it's, right now. It's, yeah. It's, I, yeah. You I, know Dallas is, has been really. Understandably, I'm not criticizing. Understandably, he's had a lot of negative experiences with wrestling Twitter, and is very. I was about to say, very, I have not been shy about my negative yeah. opinion on wrestling Twitter, but these but, past 48 hours have been probably fun... the best of wrestling Twitter's existence. Yeah. yeah. So, Do we think I it's mean, a work? That's what I want to ask somebody. Do we think that she knows? Do you think that she has a good enough relationship that she knew? That's that would be that genius if she does. I mean, hey, you know, that would be so smart. She, I, I felt her retirement was a little weird, but I don't know her personal situation to know. You know, maybe there was something more going on. Uh, but obviously, with her retired, you know, people aren't letting her go away. Mm-hmm. Uh, just any type of you know wrestling event that she's getting tweeted at or involved or whatever. So. Uh, sure. I mean, even if she doesn't want to come back at work, she can still be part It's of not just putting her over; it's putting Sugar over big mm-hmm. time. Yeah, yeah. And everybody involved in that, it's like serving as a promotional opportunity for people who yeah. are. Exactly. And I, they made yeah. a graphic reigniting yeah. the uh, Creep Squad right. versus Wholesome um, Squad. Yes, I'm sad I, that they were able to throw a graphic together for like Faye Jackson, like. Shout out to Tom's like, Customs for making that, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Put together it, some <laughs> bullshit, like fucking like. And I, oh, shows, I, need to, shows need to have to threaten to put their titty pictures on the fucking internet. So <laughs> well, that's, you know, the, if you really sit here and think of this is the this is why wrestling <laughs> is art. That's what makes this so amazing. If you can try to explain this to somebody. Wow. That a, you know, that a woman suggested posting her nudes online and she didn't and everybody got mad about it. That sounds really terrible on the surface. It does sound you, creepy. But if you look at the context of who we're talking about, you know, and, and yeah. Faye, Faye being leader of the creep squad as it is, you know, it, it's it's amazing. It's so hilarious. And of like, all yes. people to call her out, you know, she yeah. Calling her out because Shug, they have like the Shug ultimate being rivalry. The wholesome leader, yeah, being the wholesome man that Shug is. So she talks yeah. a lot of shit. So that's what makes it kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Oh, totally. Like, I think. Yeah. I, mean, I think Shug yeah. being the wholesome man that he is, one of the key traits of being wholesome is honesty, and he cannot tolerate this amount of uh, dishonesty and <laughs> lack of integrity. So he has to step in. He has yeah. to stand up. He has to take a stand. That's so why she's taken Thay to court. 
I should tell people that I'll that I'll post nudes if uh, tickets for August twenty eighth uh, sell out. Less than <laughs> you should, <laughs> and then when you hey. don't, you know, hey, Shook should have this case wrapped up by then. So, yep, you know, nobody nobody wants to see that. He He'll he might be available for services. I would imagine we could reach out to him. And be like, you can, hey, hey, how about this, Walter? You can offer uh, my nudes for free on the time. My titties are already out there. In less than an hour. Dude, I'm not. You don't want to do that. We are definitely gonna sell out last night. I have Walter. Have you not heard of our, our conversation with Dallas about his, like I was how I was, much cougar I was bait kidding, he is? guys. I was kidding, guys. How much what? Oh, how much cougar, cougar bait? bait? No, yeah. yeah, that's right. You no, you uh, you uh, you mentioned that, but I don't think Walter was present for that. No, no, Walter wasn't. I'm sorry. Man. <laughs> I told him uh, that when whenever at, at Journey Pro shows, when when Dallas would come out from the back and he'd start to head his way towards the merch table. <laughs> every time in the, the couple three fourth shows i went to i got to see it every time he would come out and just these cougars would just dart at him like fucking sharks and he would always get stopped and somebody be talking to him and and you know i again i don't know what the conversations were about but it was always funny to watch these older women like hunt dallas down and, i mean I'm no Columbo here, but we can fucking unwrap this pretty easily, guys. <laughs> He's doing an 80s right. So you are reminding them of yes. their like high school crushes and boyfriends. Exactly. Exactly. This exactly. is really obvious to figure out why that is. <laughs> yeah. I know. Doesn't make it any less funny. It's I mean, your metal parking lot vibes. Yeah. You're a handsome fella, but you are in fact like their uh like their poster from like yeah 1983 they didn't get uh, to bang bon jovi so this is their 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 next, you their know next what they, maybe they're... they did and it's been so bad. <laughs> that's true <laughs> memories that's even worse oh man i was about to make a joke you know like you're probably a lot less likely to contract something with me but if you're gonna yeah if you're talking about you know i want to re-experience bon jovi over here then uh <clears throat> i don't think i'm the guy you need to talk to for that that's the shitty you know part about getting old right there it's like <laughs> every day it's been one day longer since i banged john bon jovi yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know what for all the cougars out there you let me know if there's a strong enough demand for it and you might get a Dallas Cade only fans. I mean, they're not started. listening to us. I mean, I don't know where you're getting it. Oh, wait, maybe hey, man. for you. Yeah. You know, somebody will know a cougar out there somewhere. You got to hey, listen to this. Just let them know. No, no. <laughs> By the way, shout don't out to Edward Connors. Do a mailing like, uh, do a mailing like club, like, Fan club? 1983 style. Like, you should, yeah. Just mail them. Just mail them eight by tens, black and white eight by tens. I do the Shawn Michaels thing with oh, like just shit. the belt. Yeah, I, I think they had color photography in 1983, Michael. <laughs> no, but a lot of band, a lot of band eight by tens were those old black and whites. Oh, oh the press kit. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know what we need? We need fucking like glamour shots from like the mall. That's what we need. Ooh, the, we need uh, Alice Kate take some glamour shots. Is that, do those exist anymore? I don't know. Do I'm malls sure exist? Do malls you know, exist anymore? Ask, Is that a thing? The Oak <laughs> Park Mall. I'm just sure you everyone's could get rich. Audrey to to do a photo shoot. I would imagine. That's true. We need this. We need this desperately. As soon as <laughs> we are, we are definitely so getting glamour shots. Photographers. Of, uh, of, oh, uh, shit. Of Dallas that, that would oh, be great for you. You God. need to sell glamour shots. <laughs> I will find a glamour shot place. I will. 
Oh, exactly. Man. Someone, what exactly is going to Salina. There's got to be a glamour shot. Yeah, there's this, definitely a glamour yeah. shot. What is this genre of photography? I feel oh, like my I, God. We could do a whole familiar? show on glamour, glamour shots. I feel oh, like Jesus. I should be, but I just want to double check in case I'm wrong. Um, oh, man. All right, hold oh, on. Man. I'm going to find one and share it on the stream. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So basically, it was a place in malls. Like, malls were a lot bigger in the 80s. There used to be tons of them. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. a mall was... Yes, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm going with it, but there used to be... So, like, what would happen is, like, you would... Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. So you would go to, uh, like, to get your fancy shots, like, where your your classy shots, as they would, you know, they would try to, like... They had hair and makeup people there, and they had, like, props. <laughs> Cool. And they would take pictures of you. I found the best of glamour shots, but we're gonna show. Uh, we're gonna show this lady. Um, oh boy, it's gonna wreck Kevin's. The like, glamour he... shot store. Oh boy, <laughs> what the? Here's a lady who brought her cat to take a glamour. So shot. it's a lot of like, lens, not lens flare, but like there's a lot of like. Okay, I've seen these. Yes. See, these yes. to me are every picture from the eighties. <laughs> totally. So but these were the most the, the, yeah like yes that. they are yeah. i i see it yeah yeah it's sweet so because they would frequently loan you this dude these guy. are my new promo pictures these that's are what, what everybody's going to be using on my match graphics now that's what i'm yeah. saying you should do that you should go full in on the glamour yes shots. oh shit i do need dude i've been saying this for months now i desperately need new like new photos done for for specifically that kind of stuff so maybe this is where i gotta <laughs> this is the direction i need to go dear god that woman looked like she's ready to kill somebody <laughs> and the funny oh. thing is is that this girl with like the crazy amount of makeup on and lipstick is probably like 12 years old but yeah. that was a thing that they used to do with glamour shots was like way overdo the makeup yep so, i'm gonna have yeah. to get really big obnoxious clip-ons for my ears too definitely here <laughs> Oh God! Is that is that uh, Jason Alexander? Oh, wow! Yeah, these are the best. This it was so hilarious and so funny. You wow. need to get your jean jacket out and like. See, you know. I was thinking about doing a denim vest, uh, but I didn't want I didn't want to stir up I didn't want to stir the pot Fringe with on good old war horse. Yeah. yeah. He's kind of got the, uh, and he's kind of got an '80s like thing too, in a way. So yeah, but he's more. I mean, he and I have you... talked about it. The last time he was at Journey, we talked about it. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, I'm more, you know, three thousand pounds heavy metal, and you're more the glam rock stuff." And I'm like, "Yeah, exactly," because he's more Iron Maiden, and I'm more like Motley Crue. Yeah, so like yeah, we're sense. both. We got the '80s market down. So, so there's so many metal genres. Vest. He he does the denim vest. Like it, it right. I need a. I need a freaking. I need to update my vest. Truth be told, here's, uh, like here's a your inspiration. This will be a very easy thing for you to find as we've gone over long. Just go and find yearbook pictures from 1988. Yep. Yeah. Find <laughs> yearbook <laughs> from 1988 and find one you want to emulate. That's the vibe yeah. that I got from that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Sure. By the way, I looked up the locations for Glamour Shots. Uh, the place is called Glamour Shots. Uh, apparently, the only places left are in Texas and Jersey, which makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's prime. Well, actually, you have to time travel to the 80s. That's what Hell yeah. <laughs> I, shout out to Glamour Shots still existing. Holy shit. Yeah, man. Good to uh, good I, you lasted. I'm sure we would know a photographer or two who would be willing to do like a Glamour Shots There's set. definitely somebody that can do yeah. some kind of, you know, chicanery to Let a photo know. and make it look like a Glamour Shot. 
Hope you like eyeshadow, brother. <laughs> brother. <laughs> you wear right. an awful lot of eyeshadow. Oh, shit. <laughs> Let me tweet photos by Manning, see if he knows anything about this. Right <laughs> there you go. There you I go. Adriana's right here in town. I was, that's what I was thinking. I was that thinking, too. Yeah, I got it. Audrey could do it. Manning could do it. Oh, shit. One or two more. So yeah. I, I think with that we're gonna we're gonna get out of here for for this week anyways. Kevin is just desperate to hit the stop recording button. I've got this no, I've got to edit all of this and then I uh, I don't know figure out the rest of my day. <laughs> I, Kevin, this is entirely my fault. Every time I jump into this, I fuck your guys like timing up like way bad. I don't even know why I set a clock, but uh, you know what? It's, it's always a blast having you because like I said, we had some good genuine conversation. We meant to talk about money in the bank, but really fuck money in the bank. It was fun talking about like wrestling video games. Jesus. And- we covered the entire Money in the Bank card intermittently throughout. We did, intermittently. Yeah, you, you I don't really I mean, care for that, but it was fun talking. It's just fun conversating with you. It's always yeah. a good time. Like yes, said, and we're agreed. probably going to talk an hour more after we hit the re- the record button. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing so, us, yes, yeah. So I mean, just for you know the listeners well, at home. Just and then out. just to give everybody a preview, you know, we're going to have Walter back next week because we're actually going to cover the seventy-eight weeks later card for journey pro show which happens next week yes. so i can't believe i get to see live <laughs> wrestling next week yeah my first so. live concert is well by this recording standards will be tomorrow night and then oh, my yeah? next my first live wrestling will be yeah the week after so i'm i'm stoked what you don't know is Michael's background is hiding the fact that he has already parked his car. <laughs> exactly. we, went, like, we went and scoped the place out. I know where to park. They I, set the I ring up two weeks in work. advance. I'm, I'm off that whole day, so uh, I can park as early as I want. <laughs> I can't. Me too, man. I'm off too because I got to go, go help set up and everything. There you, you know, go. We got to got to figure out this new system that we got to set up at this new That's, that's why I took the day it's off. It's super like sick. Just to have room to, to set up and get ready. and Bro, I have eight the, DJ lights that are being delivered tomorrow. Eight DJ lights? Nice. That's pretty cool, man. That's rad. So, yeah. So, Walter, thank you for coming on. It was, it was nice to have you on in a non-Journey Pro, like, promotional capacity. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to do that again sometime soon, but I mean we'll definitely have you on next week for again to promote seventy eight weeks later, which I can't oh. believe is next week. Yes, sir. I'm, be fun. I'm I'm holding it all in because that day is going to be. God, I can't wait. It's Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Um, so, fellas, any any parting words before we get out of here? Yeah, take care of yourselves. <laughs> So we're not out of this. Uh, we're not out of this pandemic yeah, yet. I know we keep saying that, but you know, Missouri's a fucking cesspool for it now. Yeah. It's so just, enjoy this so. while we can. Who knows? We might have <laughs> yeah, to go get right. shut down again. Oh, don't Fuck. don't even. Mm. Yeah. Not Seven years weeks later, July thirtieth. Yeah. Check out the Twitch. It'll be fixed this time. Yeah. Journey to <laughs> anarchy. Hey, Journey you know what? Number two it, anarchy. It, yours ran. St. Louis anarchy did not stop running whereas peacock fucking shit the bed gave up facts absolutely Same so full time all right so folks with that thank you so much for for listening to us uh we will see you again next week and as always later nerds <laughs>